No, no, no. Listen here, son. As the great Boethius once mentioned, <laughs> oh, evil is nothing. Shout out to my mom. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the 10-Minute Break podcast for our third episode of the, what season? Season two? Three. 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 Episode three. Every time. Oh, they're double time. threes. Uh, and double we're, we're joined three. by the hosts, Patrick Dowd, Killian Lyon, and <laughs> resident guest, Roland Wagusback. Let's go. It's great, great to be go. back. Give her the second round of applause. So we're just going to go ahead and turn it over to Patrick, who's going to give us, what, a, a recap of the cross-country season? Uh, yeah, so... Um, this season was uh, incredibly successful for the Jesuit cross-country team. Historically, the best cross-country team in Louisiana history. Finishing 16th in the nation at Running Lane National Championships, with um, led by junior Jack DeRoche, even with a tough performance by Michael Vokey. Um, we had the second fastest freshman in that entire race, um, and Leland Crawford, it was great. Um, state champions, uh, something we haven't been able to do since 2016, I believe. So, um, we're really glad to be able to be back on top of the state, not let Catholic take the record for most consecutive state titles. It's good. And, uh, we're not losing any seniors because our top 14 is all juniors and below. So we got a lot of, a lot of big things coming up. So what would you say was like the biggest factor in the turnaround for cross country uh, this year um this year it was probably just the continued consistency of our training last year we obviously took a big jump from previous years but the consistency through the spring and then especially during the summer we really made a lot of gains and a lot of strides oh that's that's good so oh, patrick is under exaggerating this he ran over seven times a week more than that a lot and so right Mm, yeah, y'all y'all worked maybe. really hard. Mm, yeah. so we, were, just, we worked hard. Yep, yep, yep. yep. No specifics there, though. Patrick, <laughs> uh, you want to add anything else for the cross country? Uh, no, I think it was uh, successful, and we look to continue that in track season and next cross country season. Nice. So yeah, it, it's it's really it was a great way to start the. Uh, the sports season off with a state championship for the cross country team, followed up very quickly with another state championship by the swimming team. And Killian Lyon's going to give us his his in depth analysis of the uh, the swim team's run to the state title. All right, y'all. First of all, I want to make a disclaimer: I'm not a swimmer. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just want to say, you know, I'm very proud of our men. Uh, most of them repping sodality, amazing. We have. Uh, I want to make a call out to Truman Braithart and Joseph Capo. Uh, first and second in state for the 500 meter. I might have mispronounced Truman's last name. Sorry about that. I <laughs> don't know names well. Uh, and then we got we got my boy Lee Raymond. I don't know how he did, but I think he did really well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just spectacular performance. Uh, all around destroyed Catholic. We were the underdogs. We came on top. Beautiful, beautiful races. <laughs> I just realized. You don't want to add anything? No, uh, I think the swimming team did really well, and that was um, it was impressive. 
that they were able to continue success and uh, hopefully we can continue that success throughout the rest of our sports in the winter and the spring. And then um, we definitely can't do a sports recap without mentioning the success of the football team capturing the first outright district title in quite some time, beating Curtis twice in one year, beating Rummel, uh, making sure we got that rivalry win over Holy Cross. Uh, here to give us his insights into the game, uh, Roland Wag is back. All right, just would like to say it was a great season. I'm so happy to be a part of it. And I knew back in February when Coach Rinaldi came that everything was going to be a little differently. We started doing more up-tempo workouts. We got in better shape. We got stronger. And that was all the game plan for a physical team which showed up in August. And with a big offensive line, we just power run, which as an offensive lineman is awesome. We just killed people running the ball, Whoa. which which some people did not like to watch. He didn't actually kill them. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> and it was it was super it was super a super fun season, and just I don't think everybody's saying that this might is like the only year this is going to happen. I really don't think so. We're returning so many starters. We're returning three on the offensive line. We're returning pretty much all of the secondary. I mean, it's just you know, we're going to have talent next year and we're going to have experience, and I think that it's going to be a good season next year. Just to, may even be better than this one, which we did lose a heartbreaker in the state championship. Just we, I, th- I thought we were gonna do it, but we just did it. Any uh, any particular comments from that game, Roland? You'd like to share? No, I feel I feel as we just we made a couple big mistakes and a couple little mistakes. And Catholic played almost a perfect game. They didn't turn the ball over, and just that last drive. The nine-minute pure run drive to end the game by Catholic was is, is that's that's a state championship drive for you. And there, there was a lot of talk, of course, after the game about a picture that Father Dyer had posted on social media, showing you guys heading back to the chapel of North American Martyrs to, to spend some time in prayer just after the state title game. In their pads too. So yeah, still still, still in, in your pads. Uh, can you just take us through that experience and? You know, who, whose decision was it to go to the chapel and pray? And then what was it like as a team praying there, even in defeat? Before before we went to the game, we had uh, team mass like we always do. But at the end of this mass, Father Brown brought us to one of the side altars and blessed us with the, uh, the relic of the true cross. And he says, no matter what happens, if you win or lose, you have to come back here. And for at least a minute, thank God for this season. No matter what happened, just thank God. And we played the game, and we lost. And then I forgot who it was, but somebody mentioned it to Coach. It was like, Coach, can we go thank thank the, the Relic of the True Cross for guiding us through this season? And the Coach was like, okay. And then he talked to Father Brown, and Father Brown was like, that sounds awesome. So we, we drove the buses, and instead of going right into the Roussel building, we just went into the main Jesuit parking lot, walked up the steps, and just sat in prayer for as long as you needed to. Then after that, just... And we didn't even we didn't even care to change our pads. We were fully padded, still sweaty. It's it's really smelled terrible in the chapel, to be completely honest. But it was it was a really cool experience. Um, well, I feel like I'm a little breaking the mood here, but I mean, uh, outlooks for next season. Do you think uh, we you talked about that? You think we'll be able to continue the success? Mm-hmm. We are losing our all district quarterback Jack Larivier. 
How do you think that hole? Do you think that hole is going to be able to be filled by a sophomore quarterback, um, Bo Perez? I mean, Jack was is maybe he's the best high school football I've ever I've ever been around. He was he's a great person and a, a great athlete. Use the ability for him to throw a ball perfectly and then take off and run over a person is is awesome. And it was a pleasure blocking for him. I have and, a question on that. Okay, sorry. Jack was a beast. How did he not get a concussion though? With the amount of times he just ran over like just everybody, like it seemed almost impossible to not get one at least once. To be honest, I don't really know the science behind that, but <laughs> oh, uh, you would sorry, but. I'm obviously happy to not get a concussion. That would yeah, hurt, yeah. hurt the so, team significantly. So am I. So yes. But back to Bo Perez, what do you think? <laughs> any uh, any insights? I don't think Bo Perez has the athleticism that Jack has, but I certainly think Bo can throw the ball and put it where put the ball where it needs to be, as Jack did. But I think we're returning all of the running backs that rotated in last year. So I think even if Jack can't run the ball as much, I think Jerron – Harry Reinhardt, Patrick Berrigan, uh, Jasper Parker will all be able to carry the ball fam- like, and do a great job. It's a, it's a great great point there. All right. All right, so switching gears just a little bit, uh, after the sports season, at least for the fall sports, kind of concluded, one of the next biggest events at Jesuit that we've experienced in the last month or so has been the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, the, the school's feast day as the College of the Immaculate Conception. But we also had two other kind of big events happen at that uh, Mass. We had Father Dyer taking his final vows in the Society of Jesus, and then Father Brown being formally missioned as the president of Jesuit High School. Uh, from the students' perspective, you know, what was your big takeaways from those experiences? Well, uh, I kind of just have one word for the whole thing, and everybody knows I've been saying it. A lot lately. The whole mass was just majestic. Let's just say that. All right. Uh, going from, we Jesuit made a new purchase. We bought a bunch of these amazing looking candles. And we used them throughout the whole mass. Um, you know, we, we kind of made, like they made a tunnel for the kids bringing the Eucharist to the priests. That was amazing. Uh, they, uh, you know, they surrounded the priest during the crucifixion. I said that wrong. <laughs> I said that completely wrong. <laughs> during the creation, <laughs> during the creation of the Eucharist, my bad. And then, um, they, they uh, it was just amazing. Uh, Father Dyer, right after releasing his new coffee, uh, we we bought some by the way. Um, got his final vows. Um, amazing time. Uh, Father Brown got init- formally initiated Mission. missioned into the presidency of Jesuit high school just amazing experience I mean as a student we I was here as my eighth grade year when uh, father Brown received his final vows as well and it's just it's just as a student it, it's it's so cool just to be able to see two great priests get their final vows and most people will never see this in their lifetime just a great Jesuit priest getting their final vows. And then Father Brown being formally missioned as the president of Jesuit High School makes me happy because I feel that Jesuit's in very good hands for the future. Um, I served that Mass and felt like I was almost a part of something 
something amazing. I mean, just seeing that, seeing the look on Father Dyer's face as he professed his final vows, and he just, he had a new look of joy, even right after. I mean, I, I saw him, he walked up right past me, and we kind of exchanged, a, had a look at each other, and he just looked really happy, and um, I thought it was a really cool experience to have uh, witnessed firsthand. And the same with Father Brown and his uh, mission as president. So I thought the mass was really a cool experience, and I'm glad I was able to experience that um, firsthand. I ushered, oh shoot, I ushered that mass too. Just, just letting y'all know. Just if we're, if we're <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think Patrick, you hit on something. I uh, think you hit on something really important there. Is that. When you see someone doing the thing that God clearly called him to do, you know you can't help but be inspired or drawn to that. And so you see that both with Father Dyer and Father Brown, of like you know some people might from the outside look at the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and think of them as restricting things. So now you can't do this, you can't do that. And if you hear Father Brown or, or Father Dyer talk about their vows, they they usually mention it as a very freeing thing, is that they've taken these vows that do limit some things but it frees them up to do those other things, whether it's to be the president of the school, whether it's to be the chaplain. And in doing the thing that God has called them to do, they have that great joy. And I think it's, you know, it's great for us to witness that because then it invites us to consider you know, more deeply, okay, Lord, you know, what are you calling me to do? And so uh, this is actually probably a great time to then to talk about you know, we're in the Advent season preparing for Christmas uh, you know, what's one way that we could have that conversation with God between now and Christmas where we could say, you know, how am I being invited by the Lord to maybe prepare for the birth of Christ more more deeply or seriously this year? I don't know if you'll have any insights or, or thoughts about, about that. Um, I think it's a great season to kind of, a lot of times, especially over this longer period of less holidays, religious holidays, because you go kind of from Christmas into Lent into Easter almost. It's kind of a short time. And then you have this long gap through the summer and then through all of the fall months. So I think once you get in that Advent season, you have to make sure you're in that mindset of, remember that you're giving yourself to God. The God's about to come onto this, is going to come to this earth, and you have to prepare yourself for that coming through confession, through and these ways and through other things, these those ways you can kind of prepare yourself and that's when you can really start looking at yourself and like ask God, once you become closer to him, ask him, what is he calling you to do? How can you follow in the footsteps of Jesus? And this is a great time you can really realize some of those things. To, to, uh, to further on what Patrick said, on the first, the first, uh, the first Sunday Mass of uh, Advent, I was at uh, St. Catherine's, and uh, Father Gutierrez had an excellent homily, where he said you should you should live Advent as if as if the second coming is on Christmas Day, so that you're as prepared as you can for the coming of Christ, so that you your soul is ready for Christ as best as it can be, even if the second coming isn't on Christmas that you just be the rest, you'll be at your best for when God is born this year. All right, so y'all, listen here. Advent is like, it's like a squirrel, right? <laughs> Climbing up a tree to get a nut that's on top of the tree, right? 
<laughs> stay with me. Stay with me. I know it makes perfect sense, but I'll, I'll evaluate this real quick. So, obviously, going going into each week of Advent, you're more and more prepared for what could be the second coming of Christ. Like Roland said, you should expect that to be on Christmas Day or just live your life like that. And so each week, you're climbing up further and further up that tree. And on Christmas Day, which is the nut for the squirrel, you either see Jesus, you see Jesus, or you just don't. But that's okay. Because you're there. And you did everything right. And yeah, you're ready. God is happy. You enjoy your Christmas day. Then guess what? You climb down that tree, ordinary time, and you do it all again, baby. I really what? like that, Killian. It's almost like each branch of the tree that the squirrel climbs on is another step. It's say like one branch is confession. Another one is going to ma- a daily mass, you know, serving a mass. These are all little steps that you use to get to the acorn. Of Christmas Day. And sometimes you're going to fall. But you always got to keep climbing that tree. Keep climbing Squirrels tree. persevere. When squirrels fall, they glide. They don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> and just going on the Advent season, another thing you can do during Advent to really bring yourself closer to Christ is do some of the things that Christ would through service. And you know what great service opportunity is? Hams for fams. Hams for fams is a great way to plug it, way to plug it baby. That was Hamster Fams is a nonprofit drive that we feed 250 families around the New Orleans area their Christmas meals if they can't quite, if they can't afford their Christmas meal this year to make it just a little bit easier on them in this time of giving. So go to hamsterfams.org, donate, sign up to volunteer, be a part of this great Christmas season, and bring yourself closer to God through Hamster Fams. So uh, maybe one one final topic then. Uh, we got Christmas week going on this week, although it's a short week because of uh, exams coming up. Hurricane Ida uh, kind of changed those plans. But just yesterday we had the Ugly Christmas Sweater Contest. And uh, maybe Roland, you're on the student council executive board. Maybe t- talk us through how the eventual uh, winner was picked. Okay. So I was, I was lucky enough to be asked to be a judge for the Ugly Christmas Sweater Contest. And from the, get, from the start, there was maybe about 30 Christmas sweaters, and about 15 of them were either repeats. See, we had a couple people in the same Christmas tree. We had a couple people in the same Dunder Mifflin sweatshirt. We had a, cu- a bunch of office sweatshirts. And just immediately, although the, I'm not saying The Office is a terrible TV show. It's one of my favorites. We just had to eliminate a lot of them because there's just a lack of originality. And that left, that left maybe about 10. And then some of them were like, the classic, like it looks like your mom made this sweatshirt. It's it's a little, it's a yeah, little. That, that's one of my actually first kind of questions. What what defines the ugly Christmas sweater? Because now it seems like it's actually like a product being sold at, at these stores, like these Dunder Mifflin yeah. ones that are pre-made ugly Christmas sweaters. So do you have any kind of criteria of like what defines the ugly Christmas sweater? They're ugly. I say it has to be have a a, a, a pretty crazy design and be Christmas themed. I don't go much farther than that because the definition of ugly is kind of hard to define. You know? Killian. Whoa. Whoa. You see here? 
Uh, ugliness is like an oak tree. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen here, Sonic. As the great Boethius once mentioned, <laughs> oh, evil is nothing. Shout out to my mom. We had we we, <laughs> we, we had a discussion about this last night. <laughs> evil is nothing, and because God. God is all-powerful and controls all things, and he cannot do evil. So if he cannot control evil, what is evil? Nothing. And same with ugliness. Ugliness is nothing. Know what that makes me? Not ugly. <laughs> you are something, Killian. You. you really are something. I am so something. I just, I just have to say that that analogy made zero sense. <laughs> okay, so back... My mom <laughs> agreed too, but that doesn't really matter. <laughs> Stop uh, saying your mom, bro. Why? We, we, we had the discussion. Okay, okay. Anyway, okay. back to the Christmas. Uh, anyway, back to the ugly Christmas. She thought I was stupid. Back to the ugly Christmas sweaters. So we had maybe about 15. Then we decided to eliminate the more boring ones, like your basic your basic red Christmas. No. Your basic red Christmas sweaters. Like your, your red with like Christmas trees on it. And green. We eliminated all of those. Then we were left with about seven, seven ones. Then we eliminated... The couple ones that we as judges didn't feel were up to snuff with the rest of them. So then we were left with the final five. Snuff? I don't really know, to be honest. All right, back to... Okay, okay. sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Okay. So then with those final five, we we had five prizes, and those were the top finishers. And then we had a guest picker, Mr. Miraflor, and he picked this sumo wrestler... Japanese themed ugly Christmas sweater, which the people and the student council did not feel was the most deserving sweater. There was a, a tandem sweater which had two people in it, two sleeves, and one side says, I've been naughty, and the other side said, I've been nice. And we thought that was a fantastic sweater and what the student council would have given first for the first place. But Mr. Miraflor had a, had a different opinion. And that is okay because he is the celebrity picker. Then after that, we gave awards to a reindeer sweater, which had a hood with antlers on it. We gave to a, a SpongeBob sweatshirt, a Lilo and Stitch sweater, and uh, what was the last one? I think is that five. I think that's five. Yeah. SpongeBob, Lilo and Stitch, reindeer, tandem, sumo. That's five. Bam. So that's pretty much that's pretty much what happened. You know, student council really hit it home on this one. I think they uh this Christmas week has been great thus far. I had a lot of I had a lot of fun watching the Christmas sweater contest yesterday. I am so excited to watch the caroling and maybe even take a picture on Santa's lap today. Caroling was yesterday, Patrick. I meant the karaoke, I'm sorry. However, look at that, Patrick. There's no however. There, right there, there, there is no however. I mean it's it's a great it's a great, great production put on by the student council. Most wonderful time of the year. I like it the really movies is. they gave out. They were really good. I didn't have any. Thank you for um, listening into season three, episode three of the, the, Larry, ten, the Larry Bird episode of the 10 Minute Break podcast. Remember to go to hamsterfams.org to sign up to volunteer and donate because you can be a big part in helping this Christmas be better for those not as fortunate. So, Go to hamsterfams.org today 
And thank you for listening. Patrick Dowd. How do I, how do I sign off to that? Besides uh, Toys for Toss 2. Don't forget about the toys, man. Got to get them kids some toys. And, yeah, sign, this, signing off. Keon Leon. And this is World Waggus Pack. Have a, have a Merry Christmas and a good Advent. Climbing up the tree, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh,